Good morning. Good morning. And Merry Christmas to you. You know, we celebrate the 12 days of Christmas starting on Christmas Day. Uh, you know, our, our culture wants to have 12 days counting down to Christmas, but actually it starts on Christmas Day. And it goes to what's known as Epiphany. And uh, we're going to be looking at the uh, coming of the, of the wise men during the Christmas uh, season, that first, that first nativity, that first Christmas. And we also are going to keep the kids in, in worship today. So our ushers are going to pass out one of these bags for the kids. Uh, so why don't, Rich, why don't you go ahead and, and see, uh, go ahead and pass those out there back there by, by Brian. And uh, um, they hopefully will enjoy the service today. The announcements uh, are listed there. There's one correction that I, I want to make. It has to do with the Tuesday morning Bible study. It is Tuesday morning. The 8th is Wednesday, so that should read the 7th. Um, also, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit more about that, but have you ever really, really studied the life and times of Jesus? And what does that mean for us? Well, in 2020, starting next week, we're going to begin looking uh, at, at Jesus' life. And, the, and this, as you can see in the bulletin, the first, uh, the first part of that series is called Jesus, the Early Years. And next week we'll be looking at from eight days old to a month. You know, what, what happened in Jesus' life the first month, the month of his life? So uh, I'm, I'm hoping that you will uh, be an, encouraged by that, that series and that you'll learn a lot and that you'll find out why that's significant to you. Other announcements are listed there. One thing is uh, that I want to remind you of is that we every every Wednesday night we have a, a meal at 5:30, and we open it up to the community. However, we're taking January off, so it'll start back up in in February. So uh, uh, you all are invited to that, and I actually can help with it too if you want. But uh, remember, it starts back up in in February. Other things that are listed there, uh, you, can, you can read on your own. Um, we are glad that you are here today. And as we begin to our worship service, I just would invite you all to stand and greet each other in the name of Jesus Christ. Jerry. through the Christmas season we have been singing joy to the world celebrating that 300th anniversary of its creation and um, we've been singing one verse a Sunday for four weeks this is our fifth Sunday on it and guess what we get to sing the fifth verse no <laughs> all four verses so let's stand as we sing unspeakable joy joy to the world two three four Joy to the world, the Lord. 
Lord a hand. Joy, unspeakable joy, he brings to our lives. Oh, yes. Heavenly Father, we stand in your presence, rejoicing at the gift of Christmas, for the child in the manger becomes our Savior and Lord. Thank you, Emmanuel, for being with our hearts and lives right now. Lord, we just stand. We want to lift our voices, lift our hearts, lift our souls to you, Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna, you are the God who saves us. Praise is rising, eyes are turning to you. Thank you, Lord. We turn to you. Hope is stirring. Hope is stirring. Hearts are yearning for you. We long for you. Because when we see you, we find strength to face the day. And in your presence, all our fears are washed away. They're washed away.
time in our worship where we actually have an opportunity to worship God through the giving of our tithes and offerings. So let's pray for that, that offering. Lord God, we thank you for all that you've given to us. And in this special season where we recognize the giving of your son into this world and into our hearts and lives, we ask that you 
use this money that, that is received to further your kingdom work here in this world. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Each year I try to write a Christmas song and I ask God to give me some kind of a new idea that I'd never had before. And Early in the season I saw a Hallmark movie title, Christmas 365. Did anybody see that? I didn't either. But anyway, I, I, thought, I thought it was a great idea. How could we have Christmas 365? And so when you think about the joy and the peace and the faith and, and the love that we feel on Christmas Day, that should be every day of the year. And how can we do that? Only through a relationship with Jesus. So this song is not called 365 because that's the same title. So I call this A Child at Christmas. Have you seen a child at Christmas with wonder in their eyes? Of reindeer pulling Santa's sleigh and presents piled high. Snow-filled yards and Christmas lights, Rudolph's nose and snowball fights, magic in the air, wishes do come true. For a child at Christmas Do you know the child of Christmas? He'll bring wonder to your life Emmanuel, God with us Born one silent holy night, he came to love and show the way to live our lives and then proclaim that God's greatest gift, a miracle come true from the child of Christmas. So everyone can know You can keep the joy of Christmas In your heart throughout the year Share the faith you've come to know With everyone you meet Cause we're all travelers on life's journey So help someone along your way Share the love you've found from God above Who sent us his son to teach us how to love And be a child of Christmas Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for sending that child of Christmas and how that uh, 
closeness that we feel at Christmas time to you can last all year round as we follow you. Wise people still seek you, Lord. We ask that you will be with us as we journey through the new year, that it might be one in which we stay on your path, keeping our eyes focused on you. Lord, as we reflect back on this year, there's many wonderful and exciting things that have been done in your name. There's been mistakes made with each one of us, and we, we ask your forgiveness, we ask your guidance and direction for the future. We simply pray, Lord, not that you bless what we're doing, but that uh, you'll allow us to be a part of what you're blessing. Lord, we know that you have placed on our hearts people to pray for, and I ask, Lord, that you hear these names as we help others pray for each individual name. Lord, we thank you for placing these persons on our hearts and hear both the spoken and unspoken prayers and answer them in your wisest ways. Hear us now, Lord, as we pray together the prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Part of the Christmas story is the coming of the wise men. And you can find that in... The Gospel of Matthew, starting with the second verse, or the, I'm sorry, the, the second chapter, the first verse there. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of Herod, King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem and the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you, you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. 
After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by now that we're going we're gonna to follow in terms of the life and times of Jesus. It'll, it'll start uh, next week. But here we're looking at this nativity visit of the, the wise men. Now in our nativity scenes at home, we have the the shepherds and the sheep and donkey and camels and, and the wise, but they're all just sort of bunched together around, around the uh, uh, Christ child and, and, and Mary and Joseph. But actually, we've learned from Scripture that that really isn't the way it happened. You see, it was after Jesus had been born in Bethlehem that the wise men came. We learned that from uh, uh, the, the book of Matthew. And, and they're called wise men. They're called magi. And we even sing about we three kings. Well, they weren't kings as we think of kings. And magi, what is... Well, magi is the Greek word for the equivalent in English would be magician. Well, they're really not magicians either. Well, what were they? Well, the Magi were those who, in essence, studied. They were experts, and they studied the workings of the heavens and the stars. And they believed that if you studied the stars long enough, you could see the future. Now, also these Magi, these wise men, they were also well-educated, very intelligent, therefore deserving the, the title of wise men. They... They were no doubt wealthy because they were able to afford a, a, a trip that would have taken at least a month, if, uh, or probably at least a month, uh, to get to where they were, were going. And uh, they, could, they could afford that trip, and they could afford the gifts that they brought. Now, it also says it's wise men or magi from the east. Well, the east is where the major empires were of Babylon and and, and, and Persia. And the Babylonian and Persia empires uh, were connected to the people of God because the, th- those empires were the ones that were over the people of God and, and actually sent them into, into exile. And while in exile, that's when we started to receive the, the prophecies of the, the coming of the Christ child. And so uh, they, the people in the East, the wise men, they would have, they would have known about the Jews, and they would have uh, known that they were taken into captivity in those Eastern empires. And, and not only that, they would have been familiar with Jewish scripture and, and the prophecies and the coming of the Messiah. And you know, so not only do we have the Magi's mentioned from the East, but they were following something. Do you remember what they're following? A star. They were following a star, and it led them to initially Jerusalem, or at least that area. Now remember that Bethlehem is only about five miles, six miles from 
from Jerusalem. So they saw the star, and naturally they thought it was uh, um, in Jerusalem because that's where the center of power was. That's where King Herod lived. And so they, they come in very innocently asking a question, where is he who has been born King of the Jews? We follow this star, and it's come here, and we're looking for that, that, uh, that child. Now, it could be that they were looking at Old Testament Scripture, and they came across Numbers 24-17, which sent them on the journey. 24-17 of Numbers says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. So they find themselves in, in, in Jerusalem. They're asking the questions. And when did this happen? Well, there, there are some, and we'll get into this next week, there are some who says that uh, it could have happened two years, as, as much as two years after, after the birth of Jesus. From what I can discern from Scripture, I believe it happened about in that first week um, of, of Jesus' life. Now, why, why didn't it happen on... The night. Well, do you, you remember where Jesus was born, right? In a stable. Did you catch that the wise men came to a house? So it had to have been after that night, and 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 probably uh, within the week. So let's say it was within that first week. Uh, they they appeared, and they uh, they find themselves in Jerusalem, and and they ask the question. And when you are a foreigner and you're asking questions around Jerusalem, the king is going to find out. And it says, and the text says, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all of Jerusalem with him. Have you ever wondered why that would be? Well, if you disturb King Herod, everybody is frightened because... Well, to be honest, King Herod was crazy. He was crazy about his power, extremely jealous of it. King Herod was not above murder. He murdered his wife because she, he, he thought her as a threat to, the, to, <clears throat> to his throne. Not only that, he killed two of his sons, <coughs> Excuse me. Two of his sons. You know, he was he was not above murder to protect his throne. <clears throat> so when he came and he said uh, uh, he called secretly the wise men, he wanted to know when the star came up <clears throat> and where where they saw the star. And he discerned from his wise men, the, the chief priests and the teachers, that the Malachi scripture said, well, the, 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 the Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem, just right down the road there in Bethlehem. And so he <clears throat> tells the, the, the wise men, <clears throat> you're going to have to get up and preach. <laughs> no? Okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> he told the wise men to go to search in, in, in Bethlehem. And when you find the child, 
Come back and tell me where the child's at. Send me word, at least, where the child's at, so I may go and worship him too. How many of you believe that Herod really wanted to worship? Liar, liar, pants on fire. He wanted to kill the kid, okay? He wanted to end Jesus' life. Because that's what King Herod does. Let me just stop right there and say, you need to understand that in this world there are enemies of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There always has been. And until his second coming, until he comes back, there always will be. So, the wise men start out again and they see the star and it settles over a house. And they greatly rejoice. This is it. This is it. They go into the house and there they see Mary and the mother and, and, the, and the Christ child. And what do they do? They, they bow down and they worship him. Now notice these wise men, they're worshiping, worshiping the child. And then they give him gifts. Kind of strange gifts for a baby. What were they thinking? Gold, frankincense, myrrh. Well, I guess gold would be pretty good for the family, yeah. But frankincense, that's like an incense. And then, then myrrh, that, that's, well, that's just myrrh. <clears throat> Interesting thing about gold, frankincense, and myrrh is that when we started this journey of Advent and Christmas, it, it started with the announcement of the birth of another baby. It was Zechariah in the temple, and he was at the, tem the, the, the uh, altar of incense, and he had the opportunity to burn incense to God and to pray for the people that day. And it's interesting to me that in the, in the Bible, it, in the Old Testament, it tells us that the special, the special incense that they use to offer up on that altar of incense to God had several ingredients. Two of them were frankincense and myrrh. And the altar itself was, was covered uh, with, with gold, had a gold inlay over it. So right from the beginning of the story, we have gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Here comes my best friend. <laughs> Thank you, best friend. <clears throat> and now, they present these gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, what do we make of those? Remember, these are, these are smart men, and they do things for a reason. First of all, gold, that's a gift for a king. Whereas he who is born king of the Jews would come to worship him. They give the king gold. Now, incense is a different thing. It's, it's used in worship, in prayer, in, in, in the temple, and to, uh, as an offering to God. It's, it's as if this incense was given to a priest or to God. And then there's myrrh. Yes, it was used as a, as a part of the, the incense in the, in the temple, but when it was mostly used was as an embalming ingredient for somebody who was had died and they were embalming the person. So what we have here is a gift for a king, a gift for God or a priest, 
and a gift for someone who has died. I don't know if they really were that insightful, but that's exactly what Jesus is. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is God who came into this world in the form of a baby to die on the cross for our sins. A king, God in human form, who died for our sins and rose again from the dead to prepare a place for us in heaven. Now, the wise men were obviously uh, being, being pretty wise in, in terms of their gift giving and, and what they were doing. But uh, when, it, when, it's all, it's, when it's all said and done, what, what did they do? Well, they, after they had worshipped, after they had given their gifts, they went back to their home. Their journey was complete. <clears throat> but notice that they were warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, and so they went home a different way. What we need to understand here is that when we truly meet Jesus Christ, we'll always be changed. And if you're going to follow Jesus, then there are some things we can learn from these wise men. First of all, when it comes to following Jesus, it requires seeking. We learn that God draws and leads those who are willing to seek for him. How did he do it? Well, he, he, he and, and how did he do it then? How does he do it now? He, he gave us his word, his, his, uh, the Holy Bible. And we can, we can seek God through reading Scripture. And also, the, if you read Scripture, you'll see the prophecies in there that take place that point to Jesus Christ. And then, you know, God put a star in the sky for the wise men to follow Jesus. And, and you know, God may not give us a, a dramatic symbol like a star, but you need to understand that he's very, very active and interested in the people who are seeking to find him today. And he will guide us in our seeking. So not only does it require seeking, it requires faith. Now, you wonder, how did, how did that begin that these guys decided to take that journey of well over 100 miles, probably hundreds of miles to get to, to uh, Jerusalem looking for a baby? How did that start? Well, you know, someone had to bring up the idea. And the other said, you're nuts. I don't know what they said. You, you, you really, ex yeah, yeah. And, you know, the more they think about it, the more they pray about it, they decide, you know, this is what we need to do. And so they begin to walk, and they walk by faith. They're, they're understanding that their journey is, it requires faith. And, and they're, they're willing to be led by God, to follow God, wherever God will lead them. And it led them to, to Jerusalem. Now, um, let's look at New Testament scripture in Hebrews 11, uh, chapter, chapter 11, verse 6. It says, without faith it is impossible to please God. Without faith it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he 
rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Now, my question. Do you believe that God exists? As you sit here today, do you believe that God exists? And do you believe that God rewards those who seek Him and serve Him? If so, if you really believe those things, then what is your faith causing you to do right now? What is your faith causing you to do with that belief? And not only does it require seeking and requires faith, but it also requires sacrifice. You know, our faith in itself should cause us to act out our faith in many actions that require sacrifice in our life. The wise men made quite a sacrifice. They had, they had to leave home, everything familiar. They had to leave their lives to take this extended trip. They also sacrificed by giving gifts that would have cost them a great deal monetarily. Now today, seeking Jesus involves sacrifice of our very lives themselves. Everything. Jesus said that anyone who wants to save his life will lose it. See that in Mark 8, verse 35. If you you want to save your life, you have to lose your life. You, you, You have to give your life up. And when we offer ourselves as a sacrifice to God and service to God, we no longer belong to ourselves. We're his property. We no longer have to make decisions on our own because we belong to God. And we allow him to use us however he wants to use us. This kind of sacrifice is more than just coming to a worship service. It's more than just making financial contributions. It's seeking and serving Christ, and it should have an impact on everything we think, do, or say, everything about our lives. So not only does it, take, does it require seeking, it requires faith, it requires sacrifice, it requires change. Don't you love the last story, or the last line of the story? The wise men went home a different way. It's almost like saying, no longer the same. They went home a different way. No one can come to to worship Jesus. No one here today, as we're sitting here, no one today can truly come and worship Jesus and go home the same as when you came in. You can't. Not if you truly committed to worshiping Christ today. You won't be the same. I want you to think of those in the Bible. They're good examples of this. How about Saul, who was, his name became Paul? Saul was a high-powered Jew who had the authority and the ability to persecute the church of Jesus Christ. And he did. Responsible for people's imprisonment and death. And then he met the resurrected Christ on the road to Damascus. And after he did that, he became a believer in Jesus Christ and one of the most influential Christians ever to walk this earth in terms of his his efforts to bring Christ to other people. 
And then how about those uh, hard-working guys, those fishermen who were, ended up being disciples of Jesus, of Peter and Andrew and James and John. You know, these hard, calloused, hard-working guys, they, they were never the same after they met Jesus. They, they went from fishing for fish to fishing for people, for Jesus Christ. Today, wise men, wise women, wise children, even wise guys, all are smart when they follow Jesus, when they seek Jesus. Whatever other things you've been seeking, whatever I've been seeking, you know, we, we look for so much in life. We, we look for fulfillment. We look for meaning. We look for purpose. We look for pleasure. We look for joy. We look for peace in our lives. You know, we, we can find all those things when we seek for Jesus. Ultimately, nothing. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. Ultimately, nothing and no one else other than Jesus can truly satisfy. Everything else in this world and everyone else in this world will ultimately leave us empty or wanting more. The only true satisfaction will come from seeking and following Jesus. You know, wise men came to Jesus and, and were not disappointed, and neither will we if we do the same. Jesus came that we might have abundant life. We, we look at that scripture a lot here at, at Christ Church. And he also came so that we might have eternal life. And when we follow Jesus faithfully, we can experience both. So I hope and pray that all of us during this new year will keep seeking and serving Jesus all the rest of the days of our lives, not just the year, but all of our lives. And if we do, we won't be disappointed because God has a way of rewarding all who seek Him. Amen? Let's pray. Lord God, I thank You and I praise You for all that You've done, all that You're doing. Help us to be wise in our willingness to, to follow You and to seek for You and to be willing to sacrifice for you and to change for you. All this I ask and pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. As those who've been changed because of the message, and we're not going to go home the same, I couldn't think of a better song for us to end the service with, but go tell it on the mountain. Would you stand and let's sing.
lips feared and trembled when low above the earth rang out the angel chorus that hailed the Savior's church go tell it on the mountain go and share your faith with someone who needs love forgiveness or hope point them toward God let him save them as he is saving you in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit and the people of God shouted amen amen